Hello and welcome to the smallest poker game in town. Hi, I'm Valerio. I'm joined by Ray and Claire. Hello. Hello again, Valerio. Hello. So today we are going to talk about tells. We had a podcast before. So what is a tell? First of all, what kind of tells we One have? One of my favorite topics, Valerio, tells. One of the first poker books I ever read was a book on tells. And it's it's a really fun topic because there's just there's so many and they're so wide ranging. There's everything from the way you bet to the, your body language to the what you speak, the words you use, your image, the things the thing where you put your eyes, where you look. We can go into them all in more detail, but there's so many different different types of tell. Yeah, Claire, Claire's right. And you're referring to Mike Caro's classic book of tales. I am indeed. And in fact, I m- remember watching the VHS video cassette that went along with that book and trying to, where they gave demonstrations of these tales. And it, it set the, you know, the, well, the, the groundwork for the sort of study of tales for many years. I mean, there's been other people like um, Zach Elwood, I think his book is very good, a, a modern updating on it. But Mike Harrow, Weak when strong, strong when weak, those sorts of principles. Have you read it, Valerio? No. I'm going to reread it before Vegas. Definitely want to reread because it's fun as well. Yeah, he does t- it, He does talk about it in a very entertaining way. And then when you're at the table watching out for teams. You see it as well. It's amazing. It's like Well, see I see it in our game, our home game all the time. And we're, we're going to use this sort of podcast to talk about some of our favourite tells, things that we find fairly reliable. And we're talking about cash games. We're talking about low stakes cash games. We're not talking about anything more sophisticated than that, not professionals and so on yeah we're not talking about sophisticated players here are we we're talking about players who kind of don't know any difference so they do act weak when they're strong and they do act strong when they're weak obviously a good player will mix that up and act strong when strong and weak when weak sometimes but we're talking about your run-of-the-mill players who come and sit down in games and have no awareness that they've got tells at all yeah so you you say also good play sometimes pretend to have a tell and then after is not a tell. Then you sit there and you think it's a tell, but sometimes it's a good player just to mix up uh, and then you think it's a tell, but it's not. Yeah. And then you got also clever players like this. I try to act sort of neutral and I don't get into that game of pretending to. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, I know, I know that you we've, do. Yeah. We've seen you do it. We've yeah. seen you do yeah. it. Okay, um, I'm going to. I'm going to start off with one of my favourite tells, which is uh, a verbal tell, and it's, the action has come round to the, this player, and the player says, how much is it? Acting like they don't know what the bet was, how much somebody has just bet or raised, and acting weak, when in fact all they're thinking about is how they can get more money in the pot. Have you seen that one? Yeah, and they might say something like, oh, I'm not sure. Shall I call? I'm not sure. Raise. <laughs> I mean, they li- yeah. that's literally <laughs> what they do. That is never a bluff in my, in my experience. In our table, it happened one, one time. I think it was, okay, we are not saying names here, but sometimes when it happened at our table, it means fault. This is a... It's a proper hand. A proper always. hand, yeah. 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 What about you, Claire? You got 
I like tell? all the tells, the betting tells, which are a little bit more subtle. But there's the, well, there's a few examples. So there's the way you bet with your chips. So there's this. When people are bluffing, they do an extra little push of their chips into the pot to emphasize the bet because they want people to be scared. And they can't help it, actually. They do it kind of almost by accident. Um, also, the amounts you, you can watch out because people bet, tend to have a betting pattern and sometimes that betting amount will change when they're bluffing. And also, the um, the what, what they, sometimes they will say their bet and other times they will just say raise. And that, I think that's quite... People again do that without thinking, so they'll go raise and then put their chips in. And another time, you'll hear them say raise to twenty. And I always think if they say the amount, they're trying to emphasize it, and that's more likely to be a bluff than just saying raise. <laughs> they want you to be scared by the amount, so they do say. Do you have it. any specific person doing this kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, have you seen where they they throw their chips in? almost at the opponent yeah uh, to, to trying sort of be, to look strong look really strong that is a strong win week mm. uh, move i you know i i've seen certainly seen that before yeah what about you valeria you got a favorite one but sometimes is the betting pattern you know you bet one third of the pot two thirds of the pots and some people really bet when they've got a strong hands and small when don't, they don't have it. Just really the way they bet tell you exactly what they have. It and can be like, either, actually. They can bet small when they're bluffing because yeah. they, they're a bit scared, or they can overbet when they're bluffing because they want you to go away. So both of those kind of outside of their normal range of, of bets can, can be bluffs. And, and actually, you should observe for a particular player what they, if you see them bluff. It's always useful if someone turns over a bluff then analyze what they did and how they played that bluff and what were the mannerisms then. And probably this one is also used for online because it's the only tell really that you see online. Is Sometimes online also how fast someone is betting. Sometimes if you don't have anything, check, check very quickly, you know that they don't have anything. Sometimes it's very hard to find someone bluffing like the quick check. It means really they are ready to fold it and then you can bluff them out. So there are also the time, how long it takes to bet. It's quite interesting, actually, the tempo, because as you guys know, I play a lot of bridge. And in bridge, you can take a lot from the tempo, but actually you're not allowed to use tempo in bridge. So say I'm leading towards a king and my left-hand opponent has the ace. They're not allowed to have a long think about whether or not to play their ace when they haven't got it. Like they, if they have a long thing, they have to have it. And actually, you'd be able to police them. But in poker, the world is very different. You're always trying to bluff people, make people think you've got a card you're not. Whereas in bridge, you're not allowed to pretend you've got a so card you, you haven't got. So you can do a little bit of Hollywooding. You're not allowed poker, to Hollywood. Yeah. Just in bridge, that's not a thing. You'd get yeah. you'd get into so much trouble. You're just not allowed to do it. It's forbidden. Very different world. But poker, of course, is all about the, the, this such a big element of bluff and playing your opponents. And yeah, you psychology. can say also. I didn't see my cards, but you saw it, and then you just three bet someone with ace king, and you can do this. It's unfair. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's but very unethical. I mean, it. I think trying to bluff is different to being unethical. And like, certainly, yeah. if I said to someone I'm playing blind, I would ne I wouldn't dream of of saying I was playing blind if I'd had a sneaky yeah. peek. I think that is just plain unethical. Also, I mean, you, you're allowed, but it's really yeah, it's very unethical. Yeah. Nobody's going to like it. You yeah. just you're going to have a bad image 
at the table. Like, yeah, I wouldn't uh, do things like yeah. that. That I don't, I don't really think that should be part yeah. of the game. But I'm sure there's some people out there who would do it. Yeah, it could be an angle. Uh, some people would shoot. Angles I, are awful. Like that's yeah. a bit sad, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, and if they get called out on it, they normally are, <laughs> should feel deeply ashamed of it. Yeah. The um, another one I like is is how comfortable people are when they've made a big bet and you're thinking about whether to call them and they're they're sitting there and they've yeah it's it's good to take a moment and not react too quickly to a bit the big bet anyway because you should be thinking about what it is they've done that with but some people will turn pour their drink have a have you know look incredibly relaxed it actually takes quite a lot to do those physical actions if you're bluffing if you're you're trying not to give anything off it's very hard to bluffers tend to freeze yeah they, they tend to not move a muscle because they don't want to draw any attention to themselves so let the if you talk about the weather or have a cup of tea then you're far less likely to be bluffing because you you're somehow the body reacts to your bluff to kind of make you kind of try and become invisible I think when you have freeze like this, there are people thinking you have to stay freeze for one minute, two minutes, three yeah. minutes. Or you can hold. I like your attitude. You just stare to the guy when you bet, no matter what. You just well, I mean, uh, I've had to work really hard on this. Obviously, I've played a lot of poker in my life, but but I mean, I never freeze when I'm bluffing. I'm, I'm really conscious that you know that I, not to do that, and like I'll chatter away and do all the talk, whether I'm bluffing or not bluffing. And and I, but I really, you really have to train yourself to be able to do that because it's not a natural instinct to 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 not freeze. It's quite hard to do to appear relaxed when you're bluffing. You have to, to be honest, be so comfortable. When like if you lose the pot, you lose the pot. I think the problem is if it's a big bet and it's hundreds of dollars and and it's expensive, then it's then it means something to you. So it's it you, it's very hard to be relaxed in that moment. And I guess if I was had big money on the line, I'd find it very hard to 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 bluff and appear relaxed because you're not relaxed. You want you know you're desperate not to lose the money. But when it's smaller amounts, like in 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 your game, it's it's, it's the smallest game in town you know so it's not so scary to pull a bluff yeah. because if you lose you're not losing mega bucks i think what i've tried to do on those situations whether i've got the really strong hand or i've got the bluff is to simply be do the same and if i'm going to do i'll pick fix a, a speck of dust on the on the on the felt and i'll just concentrate on that and that could mean i've got the nuts or it could mean I've got a, a bluff and it, it, rather than try to pull off the chatting away looking relaxed which yeah I'm not sure I can do styles. convincingly yeah. I have to say I I like uh, your way Claire because it's funny you are more relaxed in the game because freezing when you start freezing is something that you never do in the game it's not natural it's also softening especially if someone starts thinking a lot and go to problem, it's just too painful. It's not good for good for your health because it's yeah. a lot of stress. Just relax. It's I like this smiling, looking to uh, exactly, the open eyes yeah. and whatever happens. Actually, I, I always look into people's eyes. I, I do that yeah. a lot anyway. But but it, if you're typically bluffers can't can't look at you, don't look at you, hide under the hoodies, look down. I mean, they might do that with big hands as well. But you, but you rarely get bluffers who can comfortably look at the person they're trying to bluff. 
Um, it, I think the one thing about tells is is they say listen is the biggest and most important part of it is because the size as well. People do all this. It, it, we call it Hollywooding, don't we? If they're doing all the. <sighs> you know like they you, you can kind of listen and they do these kind of give you these verbal cues they're always strong when they're doing that they, you know they, they're, they're hollywooding they're trying to make it look like they're weak weak when weak when strong but yes the the you've got to listen up when you're playing poker and just in, even if you're not looking you can kind of you hear this stuff and you should try to be able to read it and we, we have players in our game who are guilty of that they will sigh before putting a bet in and look reluctant about betting and it's a sign of strength you know it's very rarely that there's some kind of weakness there they want to you know you know appear weak when they're strong and that's a a very reliable one i think yeah probably when they call with a serious face like pretending to be a a strong hands probably they don't have it a lot of time someone pretending to have a good hand they don't have it but a lot of time it's just the reverse. Someone playing the strong with the strong and the weak with the weak just to mess them yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who you're playing against. I remember, I remember the first time I played in your game, I I, hit, I managed to hit quads bizarrely. And, and I did do this whole Hollywooding that I was weak and doing the huffing and puffing. And, and he fell for it completely. You know, he had no idea. And it, I mean, it wouldn't have worked on either of you two, but it it, it can work on a bad player. So, you know, you you, you could... You can use this weak, weak when strong against some people. Although typically it's more it, when you're trying to read other people if they're doing that. You need to be aware that they're generally Hollywooding. Absolutely. I I think uh, the, the weaker the player, they're going to fall into that trap. of Yes, of, of, exactly. Uh, yeah, whereas the more sophisticated player is either going to try and basically give off nothing, which is one way of doing it, or... or be a bit more sophisticated in in, in how they portray. I so, question, that... Ray, when we're in Vegas, what about if they're watching the ball game on the telly while while they're in the, in the middle of a pot and they can't take their eyes off the ball game? What what does that mean? And they're they're playing a hand. Yeah, while playing a hand. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always suspicious when people are in a hand and then start to look distracted. They're giving the impression they don't really care about what's happening on the on the on the felt. And they're more interested in the in the score of the game. What about you? I mean, I think it's quite hard to read because I think it can can be either. But you need to watch the player because sometimes it might be that they're trying to give the appearance that they're not that interested in the pot, um, therefore weak. But when actually they're really really strong, or they could be the opposite. They could be. Um, very very weak and trying not to draw attention to themselves um, so they so they could be bluffing but trying to like freeze just carry on watching the ball game and hope nobody notices so I think you've got to, got to observe the player I tell that I for me if the player if, they, if they're absorbed in the ball game and they're suddenly involved in a big pot to me they've generally got it yeah yeah because they're more interested in if 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 I didn't have it they will be out of the pot and yeah. watching the ball game because yeah. they probably if you're in Vegas, they've probably got money riding on the they, ball game. They all have, yeah. But they're not. They're not pulling. They're not generally pulling off an elaborate bluff, are they? When they're absorbed in the ball game, it's kind of because that's taking up too much of their attention. So that's why it's important to see the baseline, how normally they behave, and yeah. then after you see when it's behaving different, there's something there. Yeah, if when they, they, if they are always focused, and then they are casual. 
yeah. what's well, going on what's here? more likely what's the meaning you'll see players who are all the time just watching the tv they're watching the game and it's when they snap out of that yeah. and and start to they will look at their cards very quickly and be ready to mark if there's nothing going on but the minute they switch their attention back to the poker table you've got to trust that they've got something actually that's another point you said look at their cards and then get ready to fold if if they're using chip protectors um with card protectors sorry using their chips to protect their cards then you'll often find that people don't bother to use their card protector when they're going to fold their hand so if you you're going to raise as say you're in the cutoff you know you have a little look to your left and see what your button's done has he got or her got the, their chips on their cards or have they just left sometimes they just leave them in front of them you know they're folding when they do that yeah. but you should observe their, um, what they do and you'll see a lot of players doing that but don't do it yourself either make sure you just put your especially if you want down. to defend your blinds uh, don't show that you have got to fold your blinds because I mean, in any position, you should. But in you should any show. position, just even. I mean, as soon as you're dealt to, just put your protector. But on I'm top. saying this because I saw you. Sometime I read you. You are folding. Yeah. And something that. Uh, I, yeah, because you're I don't so worry fast about when you fold. it in a small yeah. game. But in if I was in playing a big properly game, in, yeah. a, in a big Before game, I'd be religious about making sure that I covered my cards the whole time. I mean, certainly looking to your left with players to act behind you is always a good thing before you're about to make your decision. Mm. And I, I do see there people do this thing where they start fiddling with their chips like they're ready. But, you know, they almost don't want you to bet because, you know, yeah. because they, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise or bet. So yeah, yeah, they start playing with their chips, counting out a stack, messing around with it. It normally means they're weak. I mean, you've got to see what the baseline is, yeah. obviously. If but you see that these guys do, when they do this, somewhat bet they fold. Yeah. It means because they want to scare them out, and then you know that he's a weak hand. I mean, why would you do it if you were if if you were strong? You know, you just let the guy bet into you, and you can then raise yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you give it away. Um, there, there's a there's another one when your head's up. Obviously, you can talk when your head's up, and and you will get a lot of people doing all the table spiel, telling you one thing, telling you another. One thing I noticed as a dealer that if they tell you their hand. So if they say, I've got top pair, top kicker, or I've hit two pair, particularly things like that, they generally tell you what they've got. They're generally telling the truth. It's actually quite hard to make up a story about like some other hand. So I typically believe them. I mean, they're, you know, they're not always telling the truth, but they say, I've hit a set, you know, or whatever. Then, you know, usually they've got what they say they've got, I, I find. Sometimes I don't understand. There are, I saw some videos of guys say there is a king there, and they say I know that you got a king. That's why I bet. Why are you telling this? You know, it means that you're beaten. You want me to fold, probably. Well, it depends. People will say like I, I can beat your king, and then they'll yeah. make a bet. And then what they actually want you to think is they want you to think um. Why would he tell me that if he could beat my king? Obviously, he can't beat my king. Hence, I'm going to call with my king. That's what they want you to do. They want you to think that, that your that your yeah. speech is a bluff. But actually, that your speech in that position generally isn't a bluff. You're generally now. And then, because they love, I've seen people, they just love it then. When they win the pot and they go, well, I told you I could beat your king. And yeah. they just think this is hilarious. They think this is a big joke. But, you know, but, but, but most of the, the time, they cannot is, beat the king. 
No, most of the time they can. Most when the when they, they say can. I can beat your king, they can beat your king most of the time. Okay. What they they want you to not believe them. They want you to think he's lying. So that's you know? why it works. This yes, kind of yeah. I mean, it's, you, you're because you don't have player, it. But you, you're I mean, beating I do, from I the king. Say, all the time. I can beat your king. I know that you got a king. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, I'm going to fold my king. Exactly. And, 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 no, no, but it's more that they want you to call. So you now call with your king because you're convinced you wouldn't tell them so if you, you had their king So you need to beat. understand what kind of level or exactly. chat you are. It's just, okay, I know that you think that you think that you are taught that it's all go deep in this way. And then it's very hard to say, say at this point when is a tell, when you say you got the king, you see the hands because it's just deep. I, I think um, I don't really like talking to people when I'm in a hand. I, I it's one of those things. I just, I just. You probably just card. don't trust yourself. Yeah, I, I think mean, I might give away more information than I'm going to gain. From yeah, I mean, I, we, you and I are, are very opposite in that because I love all of that. I talk talk a lot, and you know, I, but I've kind of tried to develop my technique, and I and I kind of know what what people will well i know i know what the general tells are so obviously i have to mix up the way i behave to not be able to be read and i don't know if you can read me or not you know i have no idea but um but i i like the fun of it so it's it it depends but you've got to be careful if you're doing it because you you can't do it and then do all the classic tells it's just you know if you don't trust yourself then it's better to just never speak um yeah i'm more like a silent guy but i really like what you do and probably i'm going to start doing a little bit of chatting because it's fun yeah especially when you go in vegas you, you want to have a fun you can all stay an hour like you want to look a little bit like relaxed loosey guy you know it's just it's beware not... that you're not supposed to do it when you're not heads up i yeah, mean yeah. i i know i have occasionally in your game but you've got to be a bit careful when you're not heads up because you will get into trouble you're not supposed to talk when you're not yeah, heads yeah, yeah. Up. only when you are heads up you yeah know? you don't want to anything do it goes when you're heads up yeah so are we conclude this podcast i think uh, well i i, I think just judging by how many different things we've come up with and we could probably go on for another hour or two discussing different tales we've experienced the one thing it's driven home to me is you have to be aware at the table you you know you don't want to be the guy looking at the ball game distracted or with headphones on listening to a podcast you have to be in the game whether you're playing cards or not trying to work out everyone's sort of baseline and then how they deviate from it it's part of the game i think and it's part why why live poker is so entertaining to take yeah part i mean well what, what the you have to think about these things in both directions you have to think about reading the other players but also how you're going to be read read and how you're going to get bluffs passed i mean you can use the reverse tell so this i mean i've i've used this where i've got myself ready to fold and i've got my cards out and i'm sitting there like looking like i'm about to fold when i've got a big hand and then i get raised and i just put my cards on my on my chips on my cards and I make a raise now but then I can't use that again five hands later because they've now seen me do it so now you've got to be aware that you've sort of used that and you mustn't then do it again so you've got to keep up this constant awareness if you're I mean if you're just straight laced and straight down the middle and you always do exactly the same thing which is one strategy then you're absolutely fine but if you're trying to pull off any of this stuff at the table you've got to be aware of what you're doing and what people have seen and what what they can then read about you also if you're playing 
playing in a game like in Vegas, the, the composition of the tables changing all the time. For sure, yeah. Some people have seen you do that. New people sit down, they haven't seen you do it. So you have to... There's a lot to take account of. And what I'm saying is it's not... It amazes me how many people I see round the table who are on their phones, they're watching the television, they're chatting to the cocktail waitress, they're doing anything but concentrating on the game. And for me, it's full on. You know, you have to watch everything that's going on. It looks like you are a storyteller when you are at the table. You are telling to the other people a story. Uh, continue to change, adapt, and uh, make it predictable and interesting. Uh, from the moment you sit down, people are watching you. They're forming their impressions. Yeah. yeah. They're stereotyping you, perhaps. They're trying to figure out. They pegged you as a certain type of player because they know that at some point they might be in a big hand with you. And that is where if you've done your homework and your study when you're in that big hand most of the time it might not matter but when you're in that big hand and they're they've gone all in against you and you have to decide whether to call for your whole stack or your tournament life or whatever uh, trusting a tell is a big deal it, you know it, your as you say it's your tournament life or it's your whole stack and you're trusting the fact that the guy talked about the weather like, I mean, it's really tough. You know, you you've got to you've got to be brave. I mean, if that's your read, that's your read. You've got to back your judgment in in a lot of things. You back back your judgment. See, I think also it's the same thing as you have to trust your cards. You got to set. You think is the best uh, best hands. You are going to push it. If you think that that guy chatting like that doesn't have anything because he's a tell, you have to trust your gut. You have to go for it. If it's not that. Okay, you learn something new, but you really need to trust what, what, what is your feeling, what you feel about the situation. So I think it's all about, so hopefully all the listeners are going to pay more attention to the table next time. We've given them all the secrets, no! <laughs> but we'll catch you all next time on the smallest poker game in town. Thanks guys.